0: All this water talk, has got me thinking about the beach and the islands and the Caribbean. And Does anybody remember Fantasy Island? Oh my goodness, like three people. The plane, the plane. Look boss, the plane. Anybody? I know it's not good, but all you millennials, Google it. You'll see I'm not making this up. The plane would always come in to the island and it'd land on the water. It was so cool wish we had one of those for the baptism Sunday. Land that thing right on the water, Dave. It'd be like Jesus on the water, except it'd be, well, a plane. But you know, we could say it's Jesus or something. But it got me thinking about all the different types of islands out there and how nice the water is. And when you think of an island, you think of peace, joy, all the fruits of the spirit. You think, so, you think of contentment, happiness, there's all kind, you know, when you go, I don't know if you've been to an island, but there's, there's different kinds. There's like, you know, there's Maui. It's like got rock. Kauai is black volcanic, blue ocean. There's like Turks and Caicos or however you say it. It's like light blue. There's like Bermuda with pink sand and glass on the beach. There's all kinds of differences across the islands. There's, there's that one island, what is it, Zootopia? No, that's a movie. That's a mo- Oh, it's Zeropa. No, that's a that's a really bad t- tour in the late 90s. That was a that was a tour. I won't say whose band it was. Anyway, that was a tour. That wasn't an island. Oh, Myopia. Has anybody ever been there? Nobody? Come on, you've heard of Fantasy Island, but you haven't been to Myopia? Getting deer and head lice, That might be a good thing. Or maybe you've been there and you don't know it. Maybe you're there right now and you don't know it. It's the island of nearsightedness it's the island of not being able to see beyond the shoreline the sand I, I can't see past right here like it's it's me and my thoughts is this island I live on an island and it's just like a stranded island it's not really an island I want to be on for too long because it's just me and my thoughts and when me and my thoughts get together sometimes it's not pretty anybody else ever felt that way When you don't have a distraction and it's just you, yourself, and you, it's just me, myself, and I. Was that late 90s? Me, myself, and I. It's just me, myself, and my thoughts. It can be solitary confinement to some because now you have to hear things you've been able to ignore otherwise. But it's the island you don't usually want to be on if there's such a thing. So let me ask you this, have you ever found yourself running back the same situations time after time and you just can't figure out why they keep doing that to you or me? Why do they keep doing that to me? We try to be spiritually fed and we give it to God, but the devil just keeps attacking me over and over. Devil? How many like to blame the devil for everything? Everything, everything. (laughs) That's good, that's good, me too. But how many know it's not always the devil? I mean, he's busy. Sometimes he gets backed up with with people to harass in a queue that doesn't catch up to you. It's like waiting for Dell to get on the support or whatever. It'll be 37 minutes in the chat queue. And sometimes he's busy and you just hang up and you say, I'll do it to myself. I don't need the devil today, not today. It'll be me. In my thoughts. But it feels like they just keep they. It's they like another person, perhaps. Maybe my analysis of the situation feels the same and it keeps repeating because my nearsighted vision only sees it my way. And if it's not my way, it's not for me. I'm sorry. My way or the highway. But could it be this time, this time, The devil has not positioned to hurt you. He's busy this time around, but you lack vision beyond the shoreline of self. It's just you, yourself, and I. All I see is my shore. I can't see past it. And we're not allowing God to show you a healthier, happier, wiser way. It's often subconscious, but it's a very real thing. We talked in other sermons about our mind being the gatekeeper to our heart. But sometimes, not only do we have to keep out, but we have to look at what's already been in there for a while, store it up in there, and evaluate what's been sitting in our head for a long time. That way of thinking, you know, that thing, you know that thing you, we do, that thing you do. Yeah, that thing that you do, and you're like, why'd I do that again? That thing has become so instinctual so habit-based that we are sabotaging any real change in our life because we keep blaming somebody else when we're continuing to reopen the door for the same problem to reoccur over and over and over. Anybody? Anybody besides me? Okay, we got some guilty folks. How many know if you find yourself guilty, that's how you find growth and you heal from it? You got to find that there's something wrong to fix it. It's like the 12-step program. The first step is admitting that it's not perfect, and that's okay. Nobody's perfect. We're not perfect. And what's really cool is, the Israelites were just like us. Maybe worse. I don't know. You have to ask God. But we're going to look at a psalm today of David, and we can't read it all because it's just so long but quite comedic to me. We're going to look at Psalm 106 verse 1 through 25. But if you read on past 25 later today, because I know the first thing y'all do is when you leave, you're like, I got to finish reading. I got to reread everything Pastor Jeff said. I got to go rest and I got to watch the video. I got to do it all again. I just can't wait. After lunch, of course. Got to have your carbs to keep processing the word. (laughs) Got to have carbs, period. (laughs) Verse one through 25. David is going through the history of the Israelites and they're up and down perspective with God they're back and forth same old repeat same old thing it gets better it gets worse it gets better it gets worse and I want to read it to you in the voice that I think David was probably writing it praise the Lord I'll give thanks the Lord he is good for his mercy endures forever come on somebody Woo! Who can utter the mighty acts of the Lord? Who can declare all his praise? Blessed are those who keep justice and those, and he does righteousness all the time. So good. God is good. Remember me, O Lord, with the favor you have toward your people. Oh, visit me with your salvation that I may see the benefit of your chosen ones that I may rejoice in the gladness of your nation that I may glory with your inheritance come on somebody we're rich in the Lord says David but we have sinned with our fathers we have committed iniquity we have done wickedly our fathers in Egypt did not understand your wonders they did not remember the multitude of your mercies but rebelled by the sea the red sea Nevertheless, he saved them from his name's sake that he might make his mighty power known. He rebuked the Red Sea also and it dried up. So he led them through the depths he sa- he, and through the wilderness. He saved them from the hand of him who hated him and redeemed them from the hand of the enemy. Yes, Lord, the waters covered their enemies. There was not one of them left. Then they believed his words, they sang his praise. Hallelujah. they soon forgot his works they did not wait for his counsel but lusted exceedingly in the wilderness and tested God in the desert and he gave them the request be sent linked into their soul but when they envied Moses in the camp and Aaron the saint of the Lord the earth opened up and swallowed Daphne it's kind of harsh and covered the faction of Abiram a fire was kindled in their company the flame burned up the wicked They made a calf and Horeb and worshipped the molded image. Thus they changed their glory into the image of the ox that eats grass, organic grass. They forgot that God their Savior, who had done the great things in Egypt, wondrous works in the land of Ham, awesome things by the Red Sea, therefore he said that he would destroy them had not Moses' chosen one stood before him in the breach, the breach contract, to turn away his wrath lest he destroy them. Then they despised the pleasant land. They did not believe his word, but complained. Everybody say complained. In their tents. And he did not heed or hear the voice of the Lord. I don't know. Is it just me and my sick? It's kind of funny. They're like praising, and then they turn. And then they praise, and then they turn their back on him. And they praise, and if you keep on reading, he keeps going. It's like back and forth, Jekyll and Hyde. It's just human nature is what it is. But the good thing is if the Bible has people doing it, you know, there's, you know, we can relate. That's what, that's what the, the point is. So the title of today's message is The Island of Myopia. The Island of Myopia. It's next to Zootopia. Let's just go with that. <laughs> you see, seeing beyond the shoreline of self creates opportunity for change. But if you don't look beyond the shoreline of self, you can't discover a change because all you see is what you know, what you think, and what you've always done. And so until you look beyond the shoreline of, I'm guilty of this, self, I can't see a change that needs to be made. It takes an exposure by looking past the sand and it's easy to do. It's called habit. It's easy to get spiritual tunnel vision It's easy to go back to what's familiar, the same rut, over and over. Because when you struggle, it's like a fighter getting hit in the head. They go to what they know when they're on instinct. Maybe they're a wrestler. Once they get hit a few times, they become a wrestler again. Otherwise, they were a boxer. Until they go back to what they know, they go back to the instinct. It's habit. So we always retract to what we know. On instinct, especially in the heat of the moment, in dire, straight situations. So, if we've trained ourselves to think something is, and that's always what we know to do, and this is how we've made our week look and how we've made our week live, and that's what we continue to do, the same steps over and over, we're gonna keep instinctually going to do that. But that's staying on the island. It's not an island you wanna stay on. God is great. We give him praise when we get impatient. Excuse me, we give him praise, but when we leave, we get impatient like the Israelites and go back to myopia. I'm good when I'm on this adrenaline rush of praise, but when I leave here, I'm back to, oh, I'm out of coffee. Oh, it's so hot out. Oh, the kids are cranky pants. They're four and they act like it. It's just a mess. What's wrong with them? Why are they doing this to me? Back on myopia. Myopia. Why is it that I continue to go flat when it's just me and my thoughts, when I'm not distracted? Why do I go back to that? Remember, it's familiarity. So until we look beyond the shoreline of self, we can't create that opportunity for change. As long as we're looking, it's like someone trying to build something innovative and when they run out of ideas, what do they do? They go look to others for new creativity because it takes the synergy of that. So it's the same with spiritual growth. It's the same with hearing from God. We have to really look for God. Not my will be done, but your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. I want your will, and maybe that doesn't look like what my will is. And until I say, okay, it's really your will and not my own, it's going to be my will. It's going to stay the same. It's going to stay the same. You're asking God to deliver something different, but what steps are you taking to change the path you're walking? You know? It's just walking around the island like they walked around, like the Israelites walked around the mountain. And I'm guilty of this. I mean, I'm over the hill now, I'm 40, and my ways seem to grow stronger as I get older. And I can't shake this thinking. Has anybody else get, like, notice it's getting harder as you get older to break your habits? Anybody? Is this me, Jim, and Jim and Wolf, It's everybody, right? It's easy to do. My dad always said, the older you get, don't start doing this because it's harder to break. You think it's bad now? Wait till you're my age. That's the, that's the one-liner he always says. Wait till you're my age. I mean, I don't mean to be stubborn. I just am. I don't even realize I'm so difficult. You know, people don't know they're a pain in the foot. They don't know that. They don't know it, but they are. Why is that? It's because the older they get, they're stuck. They don't see it. They're walking around the beach, myopia. No one ever invites me. No one ever reaches out to me. No one ever calls me to say, do I want to come? Anybody got a violin? Who likes to play the violin sometimes? Anybody? You know, get some cheese with that one. Get some cheese with that one. Anybody? Remember the old elementary school jokes? That was one of them. (laughs) We play the violin for our own sorrows, and we start forgetting what we're professing to others, that Christ is our strength and our shepherd, yet we feel like we're waddling in a hole when we leave Sunday and get back to Monday. It's not intentional. It's not trying to be obnoxious with people. It's just we're living in the island of self because it's what we know. So when we get used to it, we forget that there's an ocean out there. There's boats passing by. There's things happen. Am I creating an opportunity for my dysfunction to stay in control of my life? They just treat me so bad. Okay, we'll show them different. They just, blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be the sons and daughters of God. But I don't want to be a peacemaker until they make peace for The Bible says, blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be the sons and daughters of God. Not if, show them different. Lose the dysfunction by doing something different. Break the habit. Start looking beyond the shore instead of living with the condition of a myopia. I see this a lot. Maybe y'all have seen it too. You know, there's people that will tell themselves long enough, it doesn't matter if it's true, they'll believe it. And they'll go to their grave believing it. And it was never true. I don't know if y'all heard about the brownies. Some of y'all didn't come to church back then. But my grandma went to her grave thinking we didn't like her brownies. They're awesome. But no one could get through because guess what? She was in myopia. They don't like my brownies. They don't like my brownies. They don't like my brownies. How stupid, grandma. We love your brownies. What's wrong with you? We're going to shake you sometimes. Can we shake you? Come on. Get up. The island, get in the water. We get stuck and and we start believing actual lies. That's what the devil wants. He wants you to believe lies. You know, the Bible says he's the father of lies. He's the father of it. So when you find that, you know, that's not from God. God didn't teach deceit. So that's okay, but, but people lie to themselves is the problem. and they, they train themselves to tell themselves, I'm not good enough, I can never do better, I can never find better, God won't love me like he loves them, I'm just not worthy because look what I've done. Jesus says, I forgive you if you come to me, take up your cross and follow, and I will forgive you. I'm not biased against you, I love you just like I love everybody, says God it's so sad to see because the people that get stuck on that lie in their mind about what they think of me, when maybe they really love you, they are hurting themselves and they miss the promise God has for them because they're so caught up thinking about a facade that the enemy has planted in their mind that those people don't even know about. You know, it's kind of like when I said, Michelle saw me across the way at the gym and I knew she fell deeply in love the first time she saw me. And then the reality was she never even noticed I was there. Why is that funny? But I said, God sent her. She saw me. I saw her. We connected. It was love at first sight. She says, I was listening to my music, and you interrupted me during my workout. Why are you here? I was at another gym. The air conditioner broke. Lucky for you, I came to your gym, Gwaltney. That's the reality. But for so many years, I told myself a biased opinion of, what it really was. And that was a good thing, by the way. But when it's not a good thing, it becomes toxic. It kills your motivation, kills your joy, kills your encouragement, kills your interaction with people. You know what you ingest comes out in your language of body actions. It's not just here. When you're acting weird and upset, well, usually it's because you're upset. It's because you're, you're troubled in here. So if we don't get it right in here, it's gonna come out in our interactions with people and affect everything we do in our life, including how we, how we grow in, 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 in a job, how we grow in relationships, how we deal with people, how we deal with God, how we're patient, how we deal with children, how we deal with dogs who aren't potty trained. It all connects. That's what I'm trying to say. If it's not right in here, the rest is the fruit that will be born of whatever is growing and here we just recreate the same scene over and over that's preventing me from embracing a real change i don't want to look it i want to really change i want to really be different i don't want to stay the same impress people i want god to change my heart and i'm going to change others because of what they've seen change in me because god is going to work through me that's what i want come on somebody they want to see the Spirit of God change lives. They want to use you as a boat. Who wants to be a boat? Come on. Amen. At the core, I may lack what matters the simple things like gratefulness, like sympathy, compassion. Compassion will break down the ego and let you start seeing the goodness in people. They'll still get on your nerves sometimes, but compassion will let you look past the nerve damage and see the good intent in people. And when you start seeing the good intent in people, you start seeing what God did for you even more. Wow, if they can, if God loves them like that and now I see that, that I was wrong about them, then God knew all along what was wrong with me and I didn't because guess what? I was living on myopia. He's always seen it from a distance, even though we don't. Why do I continue to worry when I claim the Lord is my strength? Maybe worry is your thought on the island that consumes you when it's just you, yourself, and your thoughts. It's worry. Be anxious for nothing, the Bible says. It's good when I'm in church and the preacher's saying it, but when I go to the island and I'm just wallowing in my thoughts, I'm drowning. Be anxious for nothing, the Bible says. Why do I worry? Do I believe the Lord is my strength, not my will, but your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven? Do I really want that? I want that, and I'm tired of this island. Jesus is enough. He's enough. Everybody say, enough. Everyone knows that person, maybe it's just me, that always has Constructive feedback. They've always got feedback. And if perfection was a real thing, they'd still find an issue. Does anybody know someone like that? Like, like, it could be the best thing ever. And you're so excited to share it with them. And guess what they do? They stick a needle in your balloon. Well, have you thought of this? No, thank you for reminding me again. Thank you for taking the wind out of my sails again no matter what you've done when they come around it's never enough and culture has made us insecure by comparison so a lot of times their reason they keep telling you you're not good enough is because they don't feel good enough because they're compared to the next guy on social media and until they look like them they'll keep telling you something's wrong with you see it's really a problem with them that's their myopia you see they use their myopia to create one for you you see you don't want that God is your leader. God is your shepherd. Not someone that you need to impress. God is enough. Culture has made us so insecure because of comparison. When do we stop, though, and say, We have enough? God has blessed me. Enough. I don't need any more. It's enough. Keep circling back to the island because. That person's with you maybe, in the boats that go by aren't nice enough to get on. Just wait for the next one. That boat is not a sea ray. Just keep, it's not a cobalt. Oh, it's late 90s? Don't get on that boat. A better boat is coming. Oh, it's a tritune. Don't get on that boat. A better boat is coming. Pretty soon you're gonna run out of boats because the people plan in your mind that you needed to wait on the better boat because they're so insecure about them not having a boat that they tell you what kind of boat you should wait on. Eventually you don't even wait on a boat so you're standing on an island after they told you to wait for a better boat that never showed up. You see? Because you're being led by them, not Jesus. Jesus is enough. It's, it's It's in the DNA of man that even if there was no Bible in his hand and there was no people to preach the gospel to me or to you, that you know there's a God that created you and it is enough. He is enough. We don't need someone to tell us and validate it because It's in my core. I was made in his image since the beginning. He is enough. Can you be grateful and content with where you are now? And seeing beyond that shoreline of self will create a lasting opportunity for change. You see how I say opportunity? I didn't say it'll change you. It'll create an opportunity for change because remember, you gotta get off the shore. He's not gonna just grab you and put you over his shoulder like I do Kaylee when she's, running through the auditorium, and I have to yell across the auditorium like a fool and say, quit running, the church. Like th- God's not gonna do that to you. He's not gonna force you to do nothing. It's an opportunity, it means opportunities, I have to step. You step, I step. You step, I step. Relationships are two-way. God says, you step first, and I'll show you. But until you step, I don't see any faithfulness. You step, I step. I am enough, I am. Am. Period. But we substitute with the same things, with the same type of cookies. We substitute late at night, wondering why the preacher six pack has not come yet. Because we got the Kellogg bars, because they're low fat. Someone, Someone didn't teach Jeffy back in the college days that calories matter. And so we just think that we'll get the six pack. I've been struggling with this. I'm still working on it because it's, you know, it's, it's spiritual, it's, it's reverent that the, the six pack needs to be there for people to receive the word. And so, so I keep eating the bars and I say, I can eat 27 Kellogg bars and as long as they're low fat, I'll be fit. No, I'll be fat. That's what I'll be. I won't be fit, I'll be fat. Can we say fat in here? Are you guys okay with that F word? That's the only F word we use. Just so you know. <laughs> Food, we talk about. But seriously, you can be blind to it and think you're actually doing good sometimes. And really you're, you're, you're cutting off the world because you can't receive nothing. We substitute everything. We substitute God for convenience. We, we go to convenience. We go through a drive-thru when we really want a home-cooked dinner. We really want scratch-made German food, but instead we end up at McDonald's and then we find out something's wrong with our stomachs. <laughs> oh, that was a joke, Nick. He's always, never laughs at my jokes. So one of these days he will. He's my nephew, so I tease him. But God is enough. God's way is enough. Jesus is enough. Things may not be happening the way I planned them, but I know that what I have is enough because I asked for his will. So it has to be enough. Oh, there's some more sermons coming about this. Some personal ones with some struggles that I've had in my life. That I had to say, it's enough. Enough is enough, Jeffrey, my mom used to say to me. Enough is enough. It is when it's in Christ. So I don't want to be on this island. It's time I do something about it. Where are my Navy peoples at? We got one, two, three Navy peeps. What do you do when you need help? What do you send out? He's too technical. An SOS. Is that what they call it in the Navy? SOS. Yes, he said, wow, you are so astute in your study of the Navy. Pastor, thank you, Derek. You send out an SOS because guess what? Enough time goes by, they don't know you're sitting there stranded anymore. You're living by yourself. No one knows that you need help. You need help. You need to wave your flare. You know, wave your flare. You can't fix it, but God can. Guess who's watching the shoreline even when nobody else isn't? Jesus is watching you on that beach. Go round the beach like Israel went round the mountain. God never took his eyes off you. You can't fix it, but until you send a flare to God and say, I really want to change. God says, okay, here I come. Here I come. We do need help, but the Lord is our shepherd. He is to lead and guide us through his infilling of his spirit. He can do so through the plan of redemption. We can get off the island. I'm ready for a plane or boat to come take me from this place. I'm tired of living this way. Jesus is the boat. You can get in relationship with Jesus. You can get in the boat with Jesus if you want to leave yourself. Myopia. You need to see. You'll start seeing. Look over there. There's a mountain. Look over there. There's whales in the water. Look over there. There's a dolphin doing a thing. I would never swim with those. They're scary, but they're cute from a distance. Look over there. I never looked past this pink sand and glass beach because that's what I thought it was. It was just me and my thing but I didn't realize there's a whole life out there. There's a spiritual world out there I never saw until God opened my spiritual eyes when I sent my flare up into the heavens and said, okay, God, I'm ready to receive something different. Who wants to receive something different and see lasting change? Come on, if you mean it, clap your hands for the Lord. Let him know that you mean what you say and that everything will come to pass according to his promise. We can't recognize what's good unless we have a good shepherd. You guys heard the phrase, God won't put on more than you can bear. God won't put on more than you can bear. And then you find yourself buying the T.D. Jakes book called Crushing because it feels like he's crushing you. The key is you can't bear. You need Him to carry the burden. Jesus says my burden is is light, my yoke is easy. It's because you can't, yeah, he won't put on more that you can bear when you have the spirit of God in you to lift the weight. You can't do it alone. Then you can carry. I don't care how strong your mind is. Mind over matter. Mm, You can stand on some hot coals. My feet are gonna burn. (laughs) You need him to bear it. That's why he offered himself up as a ransom to be received, to become a new body, a new creation as the arms and feet so that you could lift things that you never thought you were physically fit or spiritually fit to do. You're winning people to the kingdom. You thought you were no good. It's because you got off the shore, got in the boat, and went and told the world what God did for your condition of self and fixed the myopia. Amen. Some people's myopia is stinking thinking, stinking thinking. Everything's negative. Paul says, think on these things, dwell in these things. Quit giving life to those thoughts. You can't control what pops in, but you can control what manifests. Quit letting it breathe to suffocate that thing. Like when you get a grease fire on a smoker and the bacon's lighting the thing up, you can't dump water on it. You got to smother the chimney stack to get rid of that fire or it's over I know this because I've burnt my smoker up three times and almost set my house on fire for some good homemade bacon. It's worth it, right? Jesus, I'm sorry, but Jesus would eat my bacon. Had to go through the fire to get the bacon. Can y'all stand with me as we close this morning? I think the hardest part of getting off the island is trust. It's a trust issue. Because when you don't trust, guess what? You don't have faith. Faith is trusting in something you can't see. You don't know how it's gonna end. It doesn't look good. All signs say it's gonna be bad. But faith says I will endure. So I don't trust the process to get on that boat. That boat doesn't look good enough. I need a flybridge sea ray, 50 footer, to ride on top in the nice wind before I get off my island. Otherwise, nothing's good enough. And eventually, all the boats are gone. Except one. He'll never leave. He was always looking. The Israelites always did their own thing. David said it, up and down. Praise be to God. I'm sorry what we did again, God. Oh, God saved us from this. I'm sorry what we did again, God. Oh, we built, oh, God, you rescued us from, the, from the hell on earth. Oh, I'm sorry what you did. You saved, you saved us from Pharaoh. Oh, we, we, we built the golden calf again. Oh, we did the Tower of Babel. Oh, we had, you know, we, we, we broke your covenant. You know, we, 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 we did all kinds of things you told us not to do. We did it again and again and again and again. But God says, I am still here with you because of my promise. As long as you are Faithful. We're getting ready to go into a series of David. It's called Man in the Mirror, starting early October. It's four weeks. And David was no, he he had some issues. He did. He was messed up. And God used him in a way. He's one of the greatest leaders In biblical history. Why? Because of his faithfulness to endure. Even when he really messed up, he endured the punishment, but stayed faithful to God. God says, I love you, but there's a consequence for what you've done. And now you got to endure the consequence. But if you stay on my path, the straight and narrow, I will lead you back to the promise. I never forsake from you, but you have to stay on the path to the truth. Amen. Let's bow our heads right now as we're going into tomorrow and we don't want to get back on that island. If we're going to go to an island, we want to go to an island that's good with people, with God's people, with God's word, with with praise and worship, with things that bring us closer to God, not set us apart and leave us stranded to feel like the devil is in our face. We don't need that, devil. Go back to hell, devil. We've got Jesus who is there to rectify and get us off any island. You can never take that from us. God, we pray right now that we go into this week and we look at it different. Maybe what they said all those years never came out of their mouth. Maybe it was in my head. Maybe I'm forgetting what they said. Maybe I'm twisting the truth like Satan did on the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and I'm taking what God said was good, and I'm making it bad, and now I'm going down the wrong place and travail because I've been cursed with something that you never meant for me to endure. God, help us be a light. Help us be a light as one seed church. Help us give good seed and plant in good soil and watch this thing root up. And if the house of God could say, in Jesus' name, amen.